are employed in the service of a king. Only this king is the king of beasts, the lion. You, a hard-working red squirrel, do whatever work is given to you with all diligence. You are quick in your work and strive to be accurate in each task. As a result of your hard work, the Lion King becomes fond of you and promises to give you a cartload of almonds as pension when you retire from service. Over time, you learn that there are many red squirrels living carefree lives in the forest. They work for themselves by storing away food for the winter and building nests for their young. You find that you become jealous of your squirrel brethren. You long to run up and down trees and leap from branch to branch whenever you please. But you have committed yourself to the honorable service for the king, and now the king depends upon you. And besides, you have moved to a place of honor and dignity in the king's court. You continue with your work, keeping your head high, consoling yourself, that at the end of your career, you will receive a cartload of almonds, food that few squirrels get to taste in their lifetime. They will envy me then, you tell yourself. The years pass, you become old and approach your retirement. The king, out of appreciation for your service, decides to give a grand banquet in your honor. At the end of the festivities, the king presents you with a cartload of almonds as he had promised. You had worked so hard and so long for this day, but when you see the almonds, your heart sinks. You well up with tears and sorrow. You realize that the almonds, this treasure, is of no use to you now. For you have lost all of your teeth. Mr. Squirrel, you help men by acting as a cleanup crew in urban areas. And you are hunted by men when you get into their gardens. Squirrel, this is your story. You are listening to Naturalist Kids Podcast, where we bring the stories of nature to life to encourage you in your quest to learn more about this great world. I'm your host, Joy Cherick, and today I'm joined by David, age nine. If you love our podcast and want to see more episodes like this one about the squirrel, please consider supporting us through our Patreon site, patreon.com slash naturalistkids. There you will find transcripts, nature study lessons, and additional resources to go with each episode. This is episode 14. This episode corresponds with Nature Study Hacking Mammals. Nature Study Hacking teaches families how to get outside and use a nature journal. Head over to naturestudyhacking.com to learn more. The word squirrel is from Greek origin. It comes from skioros, from skia, meaning shadow, and aura, meaning tail. It is said that squirrels of long ago Greece sat with their bushy tails raised up against their backs and over their heads. 
casting a bit of shade on their furry forehead. What sort of food does a squirrel like to eat, David? Nuts. Bark when it cannot find nuts. Berries, seeds, insects, young birds, mushrooms, fungi, bird eggs, tree buds, sap. Flying squirrels eat lichen and pine cone pieces. Is the squirrel active during the day or night? Day, but if it is a flying squirrel, it comes out at night. How does the squirrel help people? Makes trees and oxygen. How does the squirrel hurt people? If it is a ground squirrel, it digs the ground up and plants too many trees in your front yard. Describe a gray squirrel. Its color and size. Color gray. Size about 13 inches. David, what is your favorite type of squirrel? Fox squirrel. What other types of squirrels have you discovered? Red squirrel, ground squirrel. We have a short story for you about a squirrel. The squirrel is taken from the Look About You Nature Study books, book two of seven by Thomas W. Hoare, teacher of nature study to the Falkirk School Board and Stirlingshire County Council. Original publication date is unknown. This work is available on Gutenberg.org. Hello, there he goes again, said Frank as he watched a nimble little animal leaping from branch to branch and from treetop to treetop. He will fall if he does not take care. No fear of that, said Uncle George. His home is among the treetops. He never falls. That is a squirrel, and I should not be surprised if his nest is somewhere near. Let us sit down on this bank and watch. As he spoke, Uncle George took his pair of field glasses out of the leather case, which he sometimes carried on a strap across his shoulder, when he went out to watch the birds. Now, Mr. Squirrel, he said, we will watch your antics from a distance. You are a very cunning little clever chap, no doubt. When Uncle George and Dolly and the two boys first saw the squirrel, the little creature was on the ground, bobbing about among the ferns and the grass. The moment it saw them, however, it bounded into a tree, going swiftly up by jerk after jerk and always keeping on the far side of the trunk. They could just see its bushy tail, first at one side of the trunk and then much higher up at the other side. When it reached the top part of the tree, it leapt from branch to branch in the most daring manner. We have alarmed the creature, said Uncle George, but if we sit here quite still for a while, Mr. Squirrel will give over his fright. Ah, there he is. Uncle George handed the glasses to Frank. Now, tell us what you see, he said, and then Tom and Dolly shall each take a look. He is sitting up on his hind legs, said Frank. His great bushy tail is bent right over his head. He is holding a little green thing in his forepaws. Ah, he is eating it. Look, Dolly. And Frank handed the glass over to his little sister. Oh, what a lovely little animal, said Dolly. And what pretty eyes he has. They are just like a pair of bright black beads. I think Tom ought to have the glasses now, said Uncle George. He has been very patient indeed. Come, Tom. 
Tell us what the squirrel is like. Tom took the glasses and looked through them for a long time. Then he said, He is a very pretty creature, as Dolly has said. His color is rich brown all over, except the front part of his body, which is a very light brown, changing almost to white. His tail is very large and bushy, and his ears are upright and tufted with brown hair. His forepaws are just like little hands that hold the nut in them and nibbles it just like a little monkey. His head is not unlike a rabbit's head. His teeth are almost exactly like rabbit's teeth. They are chisel-shaped and seem to be very sharp. Splendid, Tom, said his uncle, patting him on the back. I don't think you have left anything out. Now let me look. Oh, there's another one. There are now two of them, said Frank. Where did that one come from? asked his uncle, looking through the glasses. It seemed to come out of the tree, did it not? I thought you children would leave me nothing to find out, but I see something which you have missed. Here, Frank, take the glasses and see if you can find it. Look at the fork of the tree just below where the squirrels are. I see something like a nest, said Frank. I noticed that before, but I thought it was a rook's nest. Nay, said his uncle, it is a squirrel's nest. Rooks build on the very top branches of trees, and you never see one rook's nest without a lot of others near it. Besides, the rook's nest is a rough, flat nest, while this one is a round one with a roof on it and a hole on the side to let the squirrels in and out. Then that other squirrel must have come out of the nest, said Frank. Just so, said Uncle George. That is Mrs. Squirrel. She has come out to get some food, and her little husband will look after the family while she is away hunting for nuts and buds and soft green bark. If we could get up to that nest, we should find it to be built of twigs and moss cleverly woven together. The inside is lined with soft, warm moss and dry leaves. We should most likely find four or more tiny squirrels cuddled up together inside. Blind, naked, helpless things they are at first, but they soon grow up and their long, bare tails become bushy. Then the little mother teaches them to climb and find food for themselves. Should one of them fall, she springs down and carries them up to the nest in her mouth, just as a cat carries her kittens. By autumn, these young squirrels will be quite as clever as their parents. Autumn is the squirrel's busy time. He has to prepare for the long winter, for no nuts are to be found then. So the squirrel gathers in his harvest of nuts. These he hides in secret places buried in the ground. He usually has more than one storing place. In fact, he sometimes has so many that he forgets about some of them. During autumn, the squirrel's coat is very pretty. It is of a deep, rich brown color and very thick. His tail is very large and bushy, and he is quite fat and sleek. What does he do for food in spring? asked Tom. There are no nuts to be found then. 
Alas, no Tom. In spring, he robs birds' nests of their eggs, and that is why the pretty little squirrel is hunted and shot by the gamekeeper. In spring, too, he feeds on the tender buds and does so much damage to trees and shrubs, that is, if his winter stores are used up. I should think, said Frank, that such a large tail would be very much in the squirrel's way when climbing and leaping from branch to branch. Not at all, said his uncle. His huge tail is of the greatest use to him in guiding his body. Without it, he could not take such flying leaps among the treetops. Besides this, it often enables him to escape from his enemies. Many a time, the gamekeeper's bullets pass harmlessly through his fluffy tail while Mr. Squirrel scampers safely up the tree, and many a time he escapes from the cat by leaving the tip of his brush in Pussy's claw. A great many of our trees have been planted by squirrels. Many a stately oak and beech tree has sprung from the squirrel's buried store of acorns and beech nuts. For, as I have already told you, sometimes he forgets where he has buried them, or perhaps fails to find them when the forest is white with snow. So you see, the little animal is of some use after all. So we have a couple questions for you to discuss with your family. The first question is, the squirrel has chisel-shaped teeth suited for gnawing. Can you name some other animals with the same kind of teeth? And this is the second question. The squirrel's bushy tail is of great use to him. Why is that? We have a squirrel poem for you. The Squirrel by Emily Dickinson. Whiskey, frisky, hippity hop. Up he goes to the treetop. Whirly, twirly, round and round, down he scampers to the ground. Furly, curly, what a tail! Tall as a feather, broad as a sail. Thanks for joining us today. We will leave you with these verses by Isaac Watts. There's not a plant or flower below, but makes thy glories known. And clouds arise and tempests blow by order from thy throne. While all that borrows life from thee is ever in thy care. And everywhere that we can be, thou God art present there. Mm-hmm.